0: welcome into the redbird report i'm dan mclaughlin and we do this every monday on 101 espn we'll get you ready for cardinals baseball tonight the kansas city royals make their way to st louis for the first of three at bush stadium and you can see that game coming up in about an hour or so on fox sports midwest jack flaherty will go against brad keller both have been very good so far in this abbreviated season. My guests will include my broadcast partner on the game tonight. That's Brad Thompson. We'll also hear from the longtime play-by-play man of the Kansas City Royals. That's Ryan LaFever. And away we go. We'll get you caught up on what's happening in Major League Baseball. We start with the Cardinals. Over the weekend, the Cardinals took 3-4 against the Reds and they did it with their pitching. Cardinals in the four games against the Reds faced 143 batters. They allowed just 17 hits. That's a 138 average against. And seven of the 10 runs that they allowed were via the home run, four on a grand slam. And even still, it was the fourth time in the Cardinals history that they had a team ERA of one or better in a four-game series against the Red Stockings, September 1914, june 1944 april 1943 and august of 2020 that's how good the cardinals pitching was over the weekend on to the offense harrison bader starting to heat things up and bader lifts a high fly ball into center at the wall it's gone it's a home run Straight away, center, a two-run shot, and he ties
1: it up at
0: two-two. The Cardinals center fielder has made some adjustments, and it's paying off. I
1: was just looking for the baseball, honestly. Um, just trying to stay super simple, stay through the middle. Um, he just hung a pitch up there, put a nice crisp swing on it, and uh, yeah, I think as a as a as a group, we had a good plan going into the game today, and um, I think we capitalized on every opportunity that. Um, you know when I when the ball showed up there we we just did a good job of capitalizing on it so so yeah
0: well you can't say enough about Yadier Molina and what he's doing at the age of 38 the one-two pitch served into right and a base hit for Yadier Molina it's a four-hit day he drives in Carpenter four to two Cardinals four hit day Yadier it's not just the hits, the throws, but everything that he brings to the game, according to manager Mike Schill.
2: I was talking to Ollie a minute ago. This guy is, um, it's going to be hard to see a guy that has this many um, skill sets and this many, this this much, um, so many characteristics that um, are super unique and special, and he just, it's a, it's a he's got qualities that, almost are beyond describing which is what i'm having a hard time doing this guy's just an elite player and he's an elite competitor he's a definition of winning player and um he's he knows how to play this game
0: from the veteran to the rookie yesterday
2: and carlson
0: hits it out to deep right field it's at the wall gone there On the post-game show on Fox Sports Midwest, I had the chance to catch up with Dylan Carlson and ask him what that moment was like.
3: Oh, it was real exciting. You know, I was just uh, really trying to drive something there in that situation, and, you know, luckily I came through.
0: What's it been like just in general, just playing big league baseball for you at such a young age? It's been incredible, you know, to be surrounded by the guys I'm surrounded with here. It's uh, it's a real blessing and an honor. His manager, Mike Schilt.
2: Yeah, what a special moment for Dylan. I mean, you know, his first homer um, in the big leagues, and... It's just representative kind of what we talked about earlier um, about Dylan. and just a very steady guy that's got a nice approach that doesn't try to do too much. He's letting the game come to him. For a young guy, it's very, very impressive what he's doing, how he's been able to handle some, um, you know, balls being hit at people and not getting the results and, and not overreacting and just staying within himself and staying within the process and taking tough at-bats. And that was, you know, his first homer and a big homer to open that game up for us um that was that was nice nice pretty stroke sweet stroke with
0: the win the cardinals are now nine and eight after taking three of four they are three games back in the central of the chicago cubs who are 17 and 10 and who now will be missing chris bryant who goes on the injured list with a bad wrist
3: it's weird I don't. i don't really know what to expect with it but Yeah, you do feel like you're running out of time. I mean, I felt like we were running out of time right when we started the season. You know, days are just going by and the season's halfway done. So, Um, you know, but at the same time, just try to be smart about it and not end up hurting the team
0: by just continuing to run out there and not feel right. The Kansas City Royals are in town tonight after this happened over the weekend. One out. And the pitch, a swing and a fly ball, center field and deep. Back it goes, deep it goes, and gone off the batter's eye in center field. There's some ninth inning insurance, and Nelson Cruz continues to dominate the Royals, and the Twins take a 5-3 lead. It was a loss yesterday. They are 11-17 after that loss and six games out in the Central in fifth place. We talk it over with Ryan LaFever later in the show. Up next, it's Brad Thompson. We'll talk Cardinals baseball. This is the Redbird Report on 101 ESPN. What do you think here, Dan? Base hit to center? Infield drawn in. I'm going base hit to right. I'm going to mix it up a little bit. A little slider away. Shoots it over. The one two pitch. Served into right, and a base hit for Yadier Molina. It's a four hit day. He drives in Carpenter. Dylan Carlson. Right now would be a good time for his first-ever Cardinal home run. Are you calling it? Go out on a limb. I like this, man. Got to add a little excitement here. And Carlson hits it out to deep right field. It's at the wall. Gone! There it is! Every Monday, we visit with Brad Thompson, my broadcast partner. He'll be with me tonight on Fox Sports Midwest. As always, Brad, great to visit with you. How are things?
3: What's happening, Nostradamus? Man, things are well. Things are well.
0: I thought you were supposed to be the analyst, man. Come on. You're supposed to be predicting these things. Let's go.
3: We're gonna act like I'm not passing you notes uh, and sliding them <laughs> over you you right, We're gonna act like that's not happening. Okay, fine. You take all the credit, whatever you want. Hey, a couple of pretty good calls there. Air Molina single to right. I mean that that had Yadi uh, all over it. After shooting three up the middle, he does that. And uh, Dylan's was just cool. What a special a special moment for him and. and Uh, You talked about it beforehand. You can just kind of see it coming, seeing his swing there, and he got himself a a slider, which uh, you and I talked about a little bit more off air, how he can recognize that pitch a little bit better. He sees the spin of the slider, the changeup, He's struggling with that thing mightily right now, but he can see that uh, that slider. It was just a cool moment for him and certainly for his family and friends as well.
0: I like that you're such a great partner that you don't call me out when I miss all the other predictions that are wrong. So thank you very
3: much. No problem. Yeah, I wasn't gonna mention you thought Tyler O'Neill was gonna jump ship too. So but that's fine. I, I won't mention it. it doesn't uh,
0: matter. Yeah.
3: Don't throw I'm not gonna throw okay. any of these things out on air, whether yeah. on T V or on radio. Those are between you and I, Dan. Yeah. You know that. Okay. Thanks, Brad. Are we live now or are we taping that?
0: No, this is this is on tape. Uh yeah. Uh, oh, good. Uh, uh, that uh, is yeah. good. Okay. Thanks. Um uh, <laughs> Yeah. All right. Uh, Let's start with uh, Jack Flaherty going tonight. And uh, you make, by the way, you make the game so much fun and I appreciate it. And I mean that sincerely. Um, Jack Flaherty going tonight. So 41 pitches uh, in the previous start, as Jim Hayes told us, he does not want to know what the pitch count is. And as a former pitcher, you appreciate that, don't you? Because as a pitcher, you just want to say, give me the ball. Don't tell me how many pitches. Just let me go out there, and when you come get me, you come get me.
3: For sure. I really do, because I think that if you have that number in the back of your head, all of a sudden, if you have an inning where the pitch count starts creeping on you a little bit, you might try to alter things, and you might try to attack hitters differently just to maybe expedite an out, or maybe you know that you can set up a hitter really well. If I, hey, if I throw this slider here under the zone, I know that I can get him with my fastball up after that. You know, the whole art of pitching – well, you might skip some steps if, if you're really trying to make sure you get in under a certain threshold. So I do appreciate that, and I'm sure that Jack will get to a point, just like he was last game when he got pulled out of that game with the bases loaded with 41 pitches. I, I hope that when he gets pulled out of this game, he's dealing, and I hope he's ticked off at the end of it, saying he's got a lot more in the tank. But uh, we talked about this yesterday on the broadcast too, Dan, is that Shilty and Maddox I and mean, the entire staff over there, they got a big-time job, and a big-time job is, is – Moving all of these pieces around, certainly winning ballgames, left-hand win column, we all know how important that is. But in the meantime, you got to be able to keep your team healthy, and you've got to be able to keep your biggest star, who is Jack Flaherty, healthy. So he might not be happy about the 41 pitches. Maybe you won't be happy about 65 or, or maybe 70 in this ball game. But if he's healthy and taking the ball in five days as an organization, I think you're pretty darn happy.
0: What do you look for in Jack Flaherty tonight? And what did you see the last time out?
3: Yeah, just a command in general, just being able to repeat pitches. I thought he battled himself a little bit last time out. And that's to be expected, right? The guy hadn't pitched since uh, opening day, and then he ends up getting that start. He got pushed back a couple of days through some bullpens. But you're not going to be sharp. You're not going to have that. Jack, at least this time around, had a normal work week for a starter. So whatever that routine looks like for Jack, and certainly in a 2020 COVID year, the routine's a little bit different than uh, other years' routines. But he's got that sort of consistency coming into this start. So I think that he'll be in control of himself mechanically. But I just want to see if he's going to be able to repeat his delivery, if the ball's coming out of his hands, if his slider's coming out of the hand the same way the fastball is, Uh, To me, that's going to be the biggest key if he's locating down in the zone.
0: You know, for me, over the weekend, there was the excitement of Yachty going uh, four for five, Dylan Carlson's home run, Bader starting to turn the corner a little bit over games three and four offensively. But I don't think you can overlook, and maybe in a normal year, we would point to this uh, a little bit closer, but... Man, the pitching overall against a very good Cincinnati lineup was outstanding. I mean, how good was that pitching overall this weekend?
3: It was great, and it, it all started with the rotation in general. It was a weird time around the last uh, that last road trip in Chicago where you have eight days or eight games crammed into five days. It was and matching. You're not going to have guys go deep into ball games. but Adam Wainwright comes in game one Thursday against the Reds and sets the tempo. He goes seven strong innings. He was fantastic, and we talked about Yachty yesterday, how father time is undefeated, but he's got his work cut out for him with Yachty. Well, same thing with Adam Wainwright. He just keeps getting better and better, and he's just evolving as a pitcher. Uh, and then uh, next day, Dakota Hudson, I know he only goes four and two-thirds again, back to the old pitch count thing, but he looked good. He's done a great job of limiting his walks overall. And then Kim looked fantastic. Kim, to me, Kim is starter all the way. I, like, I just, I, I like the way that he builds up. I know that he can get you out in the bullpen. To me, he's a starter. We'll see what the future looks like, but I think that's where he fits the best. But then the bullpen has just come in. We're seeing a little bit, Dan, uh, in the winning ball games, and some of these pieces will interchange. Uh, but you're seeing Gant, you're seeing Miller. We saw both of them yesterday, and you're seeing Gallegos in a lot of these games. I think that they've got that back end of the pen figured out, But the middle pieces, to me, are equally as important. you got to be able to have somebody to hand the ball off to these guys. And they're getting it done. I love seeing Reyes do his thing. I I love seeing all these young guys get opportunities and kind of run with them. And you know how it is, Dan. You've been doing this for a long time. Once uh, an aspect of your team is having some sort of success, You end up thriving off of that a little bit. Somebody goes out there and goes five innings as a starter. You got the ball the next day. I'm going to try to go six, and then the next guy is going to try to go seven. I mean, there's that competition among the team and that healthy competition that brings out the best in everybody.
0: It certainly does. Let's go back to Wainwright. So he's given the Cardinals, after 17 days off, five innings. And then in game one against Cincinnati, there was two unearned runs in the first. Galvis hits a home run. It's 3 nothing. All of a sudden, you look up. He has 15 in a row set down. He gives you seven innings. He is now just a handful of days away from his 39th birthday. Um, can you describe to a fan what he's able to do and how he is doing this after, in his career, what has been a long career? It's been a great career. There's been two years in which he missed. One was an arm injury. The other one was an Achilles. Uh, he's not throwing hard. He's he's mixing it up with curveballs and cutters and fastballs and sinkers. How is he doing this, uh, Brad? How is he getting people out?
3: Well, I mean, just kind of uh, how you laid out right there, he's reinvented himself quite a bit. Younger Adam Wainwright, early in his career, he'd come out there and he'd blow 94, 95 passion, and then he'd finish people with the hammer curveball. And uh, it, it was it worked really, really well. He got ahead. And that was his finishing pitch. Well, now he's mixing stuff up. He threw, uh, I mean, his first pitch strike rate was like 72% have the numbers right in front of me uh, on Thursday. But he was throwing strikes with everything. He'd spot up his fastball for strike one. He'd throw the curveball in there for get me over strike one. He did it with the slider as well. Like, he uses his entire arsenal And what Adam doesn't do, and this is largely on Adam, but certainly him and Yachty working together, I mean, that's the perfect combination. He doesn't fall into patterns. So all of a sudden he's got a hitter in a count where this hitter's like, okay, well, Adam Wainwright in the past, he's always gone curveball in this count. I'm gearing up. I'm looking for that pitch. I'm going to be aware for it. And then all of a sudden he throws 91 on the outside corner which when you're looking for a 70-some-odd mile-an-hour fastball, it might as well be 100. I mean, he's throwing BBs out there, and you can just tell by the takes and some of the swings that the hitters have that he's got them guessing up there. So – He is playing chess while other people are playing checkers. I mean, it really is fun to watch a guy have that sort of evolution. We've seen some pitchers do this throughout the years. I think Justin Verlander has been another example over the years, a guy who's reinvented himself a little bit. He still has the gas in the tank and obviously injured now, but he's had to change a few things. Zach Granke, did you see Granke's E Fish yesterday? Loved it. 54 miles an hour. (laughs) I loved it too. I loved it. I, so I also no liked, like but, to be creative.
0: I also liked it when they worked on the mound and he just took a seat right behind the
3: mound. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and it ended up being a very fitting one uh since they got swept and all you see is like the, the broom and him sitting back there. <laughs> Either way. Granky's a bit of a character. But no, the the fact that wayno has been out been able to reinvent himself. To, to do anything this long, to stay in a profession, uh, profession like this that is so highly competitive, somebody's always coming for your job, you better be hungry, you better be willing to adapt and adjust, and that's exactly what Adam About 54% of the
0: innings in baseball, and this is way down right now, and you can understand with the shortened summer camp, and this is not just with the Cardinals, this is across the board in Major League Baseball, about 53 to 54% of the innings are being provided by the starters. So that means it's going to be a lot of the bullpen supplying uh, the innings to get through September, and we're approaching September. Um, what does that mean, do you think, for the Cardinals specifically? Where are the innings going to come from? Now, you're, you're starting to get, the starter's going to get a, get a little bit deeper now as we get another rotation through with the Cardinals in their rotation. But how do you st- manage these innings with nine doubleheaders coming up in September and and whatnot? How do you think Schilte and Mad Dog uh, get through some of these games coming up?
3: Well, when it comes to the, you know, in a couple of weeks, I mean, as you mentioned, they got a couple double headers. I mean, it's going to be tough. There's going to be so much going on in that week. And that's kind of where your taxi squad, your roster manipulation, just in general kind of comes out. And in a lot of those games, you're going to be throwing arms that that you in a normal season might not put out there, but you got to do what you got to do in tough times. But, uh, you know, uh, double headers by the wayside for a second. I really do think that this group sets up very well. Just your typical 28-man uh, roster with your normal bullpen. Because you've got so many guys out there that can give you multiple innings. You really don't have uh, those guys where it's like, all right, hey, uh, I got one in there for you. Got one inning today. You're seeing Shilty and, and Mad Dog use them differently. you see him one in the third. You saw two out of Hennessy Cabrera yesterday. He's a guy that can provide length. You also have guys coming back. You know, Helsley's going to be back soon. He threw a bullpen yesterday. Carlos Martinez threw the live hitters. Don't know exactly where he's going to kind of fit into things. Personally, I, I see him in the bullpen. and being a guy that, that can build up and eat more and more innings. Gomber is really important. But I, I really think that we're going to end up seeing, Dan, we're going to end up seeing the best Cardinal team come end of September And fingers crossed, right, into the playoffs, and I believe they're a playoff team. I mean, 16 teams are going to get in. I believe that they'll be there because at that point, you're going to have your starters built up where you want them. You're going to have your bullpen kind of in line, and those guys will have had plenty of work by them, but not so much work where they're going to be worn out. And all of a sudden, you've had a couple of months of live abs. This postseason, me, I think that we're going to see some of the best postseason baseball—just sheer baseball that we've seen in a long time. Nobody's going to be worn down. Pitchers are going to be in a good spot. Hitters are going to be in a good spot. But I think that the the pitching staff sets up really well.
0: Dylan Carlson, a couple of hits yesterday. What what's been your initial impression of Dylan?
3: So I'm just impressed with the way that he carries himself in general. We talked about him a second ago, talked about the, the home run, talked about his struggles with the change-up, and it will be pitch recognition for him. That's a pitch that he's going to keep getting a steady diet of until he proves that he can fight him off or he can start hitting him the other way. He'll see a lot of that. But uh, I watched him after his, I believe it was his his third at-bat. It was a little tapper. It was a change-up again. And I watched him the entire way out yesterday, Dan, like going into the dugout. I watched him run out to his position. And, like, he is so even keel. Like, everything about this kid is just business. And it is very easy. As a young player, heck, as a veteran player, when you're going through some struggles, you get caught up in it, maybe you get ticked off, maybe you got some bad antics, uh, your body language speaks volumes. He is just so even keel to me. That approach and then the skill set that he has, the, the kid's got everything there to be a star. We'll see if it all gets put together, but I just love the makeup.
0: I do too, and it's going to be interesting now. You're, you're going to get Lane Thomas back, Ravello, Austin Dean, Uh, Some of the others were the the first and the second wave even guys that are going to get healthy here shortly. How do you think that that plays out, Brad? And how do you think, uh, you know, Mike and and the front office kind of juggle all these guys? And it's a good problem to have. But guys getting healthier as they come back.
3: Yeah, you mentioned it. Good problem to have. That's exactly what every manager wants It is tough decisions to make when it comes to the outfield. And I realize that for a lot of people listening currently, I know Harrison Bader was on the outside looking in. Well, look what happens in a couple of days. Guy makes a, a few adjustments. We know what he can be uh, as far as a, a gold glove caliber defender. And he looks like a no-brainer right now, small sample size, to throw right in the lineup. So, Uh, I think that it is going to come down to, and it's not going to be like one day you go 0 for 4 and then all of a sudden you're out of the lineup, but it's going to come down to production because Dex is going to get his reps. He's been fairly productive. He's been getting on base. I know he's not making, like, you know, it's not loud. He's not driving the ball over the place. Who cares? He's putting the ball in play. He's making things happen. So I do wonder, like, you know, Tyler O'Neill. Tyler started out really hot and all of the outside numbers, right, the advanced numbers are there. He's been barreling balls and stuff has been good, but he hasn't been having much to show for it recently. I wonder if he might have a day or two where he ends up taking a seat and they have a rotation. Uh, Again, with these guys, it's going to be creativity, and it's going to be who ends up getting the job done because, you know, man, we got uh, a little over a month left of baseball. You don't really have time to kind of hold people's hands through this one.
0: Awesome stuff as always, Brad. I'll uh, see you on the game tonight on Fox Sports Midwest. Appreciate your time. Sounds good, Dan. Thanks for having me. See you later. All right, that's Brad Thompson. We'll take a quick time out. This is 101 ESPN. This is the Redbird Report on 101 ESPN. Hopefully you enjoyed the visit with Brad Thompson and a look back at the series that was over the weekend. The Cardinals are back in action tonight on Fox Sports Midwest. You can see the game. First pitch at 7.15 against the Royals. Jack Flaherty against Brad Keller. It's Mike Matheny's first official visit back to St. Louis. We did see an exhibition game, but first official trip back to St. Louis since the Cardinals fired him in July of 2018 and Mike Shildt took over. The Cardinals have won 11 of the past 14 against Kansas City. Overall, Harrison Bader and the Cardinals have won seven of 12 games since returning from a 17-day layoff yeah
1: absolutely you know um not to say that anybody who who isn't Paul or Yachty isn't isn't perfectly acceptable as well but um but no it definitely is Is obviously great to have both them back there um you know obviously the team individually and and as a whole we went through a you know a little rough patch so to kind of get everybody back to uh what we would describe now as normalcy is uh is super promising for us moving forward.
0: Let's bring in the longtime play-by-play voice of the Kansas City Royals, Ryan LaFever. Ryan, as always, it's good to hear your voice. I wish you could be in person, but uh, return of Mike Matheny, return of Trevor Rosenthal, and just uh, what are the, the Kansas City Royals of 2020?
4: Well, number one, I miss seeing you in person. We have a way of solving all the world's problems when we're face-to-face, so we'll wait another year for that. Oh, but do we good. ever? It's good. It's good to hear your voice. Um, well, let's begin with those two guys. Um, you know, Trevor certainly has uh deep roots in, in St. Louis and it's nice to have him here cause he, you know, he was born and raised in this area and, and still lives out your way. So it's been nice for Royals fans to have one of their own pitching and, and pitching as well as he has. And, and Mike Mathenius says he looks as good, if not at times even better than he was in his prime in St. Louis. And, uh, so beyond what he's done on the mound, he's also been a, a mentor to some young relievers that were very high on, like Josh Stomont, who has just become almost, I guess, like a Jordan Hicks type guy, and just uh, must-watch TV when he is on the mound and throws 100 to 102. And he's just been a really good influence on him and Scott Barlow. And, and Mike Matheny's been great. And I can tell you, because we've had back-to-back managers in similar situations, Ned Yost helped build the Brewers and was fired before they got to the playoffs. He joined our organization in the front office and got to see the whole organization. He became manager and took us to the World Series. And now you got Mike Matheny, who obviously inherited some really good Cardinals team. He didn't have to build them from the ground up, but he had quite a bit of success. He gets let go. He joins our organization as a front office guy and becomes manager the difference is Ned was always kind of Ned for better and for worse and we grew to love him but Mike has really seemed to take to heart what the criticism was of him in St. Louis and he has gone out of his way if if not beyond out of his way to be better at the things that he was perceived to be not very good at when he was in St. Louis so he's He's been a great ambassador for the club. and great, you know, giving us information as, as broadcasters and and being here from the clubhouse. The guys like playing for
0: him. In terms of what this team is right now, it, it seems to be kind of a rebuilding season, but yet you're in a 60-game season. What's the viewpoint of, of where the Kansas City Royals are in, in 2020? What, what are the Kansas City Royals?
4: Well, that's a really interesting question that I can try to answer but I don't know if so I can but I'll begin by saying the, the team that took us to two World Series they started to come up at different times in 11. Their first full season was 12 and they lost 90 games and they had their first winning season in 13. They really didn't take off until the second half of 13 and then they went to a World Series in 14 and 15. This group started to come up in 18. Their first full season was last year and they lost over 100 games. So, we were kind of pointing toward 2020 and maybe specifically the second half of 2020 is this, as the talent is there, but they've got to start winning games. And so, I don't know how that translates in a 60-game season. I don't know how the organization is going to feel going into 2021. But this, it wasn't a make or break season, Dan, but it definitely was a pivotal season. Your are used. The blueprints from the other team. And our organization feels like it's about two and a half years until a team is ready to compete at the major league level. And I take teams how to win games. And that was going to be this year. So there are times where they look really good. And then there are times like the last two of Minnesota where, um, you know, they're not winning games that they, they should win. So that's, that's, so the part that I say I probably can't answer that well is probably one that's best season is over, and everyone looks back and and tries to figure out what exactly did we get from 2020.
0: In terms of the starter tonight, Brad Keller uh, dealt with COVID-19. You were hit kind of Mm -hmm. in the summer camp. Cardinals got hit in season. Keller, another guy that has come back from COVID-19, and so far, so good. He's been really good.
4: He has been really good. And yeah, I mean, we probably were the first team that had an outbreak, but it was during summer camp. It really didn't affect us much. It was nothing compared to what you guys went through. But
2: Keller
4: uh, Keller was a real heartthrob on the Diamondbacks, and he was our pitcher of the year two years ago. He was our opening day starter last year, and he used kind of what you hope every pitcher is going to do, and that's get better every year. And now suddenly he's one of the veteran guys in this rotation. We have a couple of pitchers that we drafted two years ago out of college, Brady Singer and Chris Bubich. We've got Danny Duffy, who's a you know veteran, been around for a while, and so here's Brad Keller. At uh, 25 years old, one of the veteran guys, but this, when the Royals do begin to win and we're going to, we're going to, we believe we're going to be really strong with starting pitching and Brad Keller is going to be right in the middle of that. He's, uh, he's just very really poised for the lack of exclusionary at the big league
0: level. I'll wrap it up with this. And again, my guest is Ryan LaFever. Um, it's been interesting, and I want to go back to Mike Matheny, because at times he was polarizing here in St. Louis. How has he dealt mm-hmm. with the media? How has he handled being a manager again? Give me some of the things that he's really worked on uh, to kind of, as you mentioned, uh, improve upon the things that could be at times a detriment here in St. Louis.
4: Well, he shared with me that he tried to follow with, with Tony La Russa. And Tony La Russa was, you was know, very protective of his players, and and protective of information. And I think, you know, as a rookie manager coming off a World Series championship and a Hall of Fame manager, that he, he didn't want to change the culture of that. I mean, he really wanted to protect what was there and what had been established by Tony LaRusso. And um, then I think he's, I don't think, he has said that he's admitted that he, he took that too far. And when pushing the shove and the, and the, the heat was turned up, with the expectations that you have every year in St. Louis, that he had two choices to go. He could continue to go in the direction he was going, or he could back off, and he chose the line to do. And so, you know, you're very upfront about that in Kansas City and speaking with the fans and speaking with members of the media and just trying to do his best to keep us informed as the broadcasters and, and understand that, you know, members of the media aren't, necessarily out to get him. You know, the fans want to know, and we're the ones that are, that are assigned to ask the questions. And so, yeah, I've just, I, I, I've been impressed because when, Ned, like I said, when Ned Gilles had his situation in Milwaukee, I mean, he was he was still bitter about that when he came to Kansas City. But Mike has been a lot more introspective, and he's had time to think about You know, maybe some of the things they said about me in St. Louis were right. I am who I am. I can't change who I am, but maybe I can go about it differently.
0: Awesome stuff. Hey, Ryan, thanks so much. I wish we were doing this game in person together. Always great to catch up and uh, good luck to the Kansas City Royals and I'm sure we'll catch up down the line.
4: Hey, I wish we could see each other face-to-face, but uh, it was fun when the Royals and Cardinals
0: get together. That's Ryan LaFever, and we'll take a look at around the major leagues, in particular the Central Division. When we come back, this is the Redbird Report on 101 ESPN. (laughs) This is the Redbird Report on 101 ESPN as we lead you into Cardinal Baseball on Fox Sports Midwest. The Royals 11 and 17, the Cardinals are nine and eight. The Royals have lost two straight. The Cardinals have won two straight. It's Jack Flaherty and Brad Keller. So you're saying who is Brad Keller? Brad Keller right now is one of the best pitchers in baseball. He beat the Reds in the first game of a doubleheader last Wednesday. Went six and two thirds finished one out shy of a seven-inning shutout. Matter of fact, he took a no-hitter into the six before allowing a leadoff single to Tucker Barnhart. He is the only pitcher in baseball this year with at least 15 innings pitched and no runs allowed in 2020. He's also the only pitcher with that many innings not to allow an extra base hit. If you're watching the game tonight, watch his slider. His slider has been nasty. 11 strikeouts and opponents are three for 30 against it. That's a 100 average. 17 and two-thirds scoreless inning streak, the sixth longest season streak to start a Royal season. Starter or reliever, that is how good he's been. We'll keep an eye on the pitch count for Jack Flaherty. Remember, he was limited to just 41 pitches in his last start in coming back from that 17-day layoff. If you're wondering about a key series inside the Central Division, the one I'll be watching very closely tonight, a crucial series, and that is the Reds and the Brewers, with each team already standing five and a half games back of the Cubs. And remember, there's only 34 games remaining. The Reds took two of three when they first met, and that was back in early August. The Reds have lost four of six since returning from their four-day COVID-19 interruption. Cincinnati, Cincinnati played it only 15 runs in the last six games. They're only hitting 156 as a team in that time. Joey Votto, hitless in his last 11 at-bats, and that was against St. Louis over the weekend. Nick Castellanos only four runs batted in over his last 12 games. The Reds ranked 25th in baseball at four runs per game. The Brewers over the weekend, Craig Council, they saw their team swept by the Pirates.
2: You know, you gotta earn Major League wins, and and so, uh, um... You know nothing's been decided nothing's been determined we had a rough weekend um and it, it didn't go the way we wanted uh, we didn't play well enough to win games um so I, I don't i don't know if i look at it that way necessarily um i, I do think we got to play better to win games um and that's that that's the bottom line so you know i, I don't think that i don't think that does us any good uh we just we got to come out the next day and and doesn't
0: good. get any easier for Milwaukee. They will face one of the game's best in Trevor Bauer tonight. Milwaukee has given up 31 runs during a four-game losing skid. That is a key, key series in the Central Division. The Reds at Milwaukee tonight. Both teams stand at 11-15. and 15. That does it for the Redbird Report. For Brad Thompson. For Ryan LeFever. For all our guests. Thanks for being with us. We do this every Monday. The Redbird Report a look at the Cardinals, a look around Major League Baseball. It's baseball tonight on Fox Sports Midwest, and enjoy the game, everybody.